Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Aura. All right, well, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I hope you guys have had a fantastic day thus far, and I want to start off this episode by giving a shout-out to my five VIP members over on the Patreon because their support is greatly appreciated. Bradley Peters, Braden Shoma, Sue Scriber, <laughs> Sue Scriber, <laughs> subscriber, Sue Scriber, uh, Tad Armbruster, and Todd Corey. Thank you to everyone who has come over and joined us on the Patreon. I just uploaded an exclusive video on there yesterday, and they'll be getting one every single week as well. So if you guys would like to join me and check it out, you guys can always be linked in the description below. So we're actually seeing some weird things that are starting to actually take place inside of Ukraine over the last 48 hours. And some of it really just includes other countries sticking their nose where it doesn't really belong. We are now seeing evidence that the Iranians have now possibly been doing a bit more than just supplying drones to the Russian government. And then they're being used inside of Ukraine. Now, the U.S. State Department has also put out that the Russians are exploring like supply arrangements with the North Koreans. We spoke about this, I believe, possibly about a month or so ago about this happening. But it seems that the United States government is now just wanting to let it be known to the world that this is a thing. This is clearly being done out of desperation because prior to the war inside of Ukraine, the Russians really had no need to do any business with the North Koreans and or Iran for that matter. They didn't really like each other. They don't really like each other. They're frenemies. Now, the main reasoning for them having to outsource this stuff that's needed for the war is due to their inability to produce the products and acquire it really uh, anything due to the export and import controls and the sanctions. And speaking of sanctions, Britain has now just announced that they will, in fact, be sanctioning Iran for supplying drones to Russia. Iran, by the way, I am very sure they really do not care one bit and has already had this inside of their great master plan in the first place. Iran is also known uh, to advise, they have advised all of their citizens that are inside of Ukraine to leave once again. And this is coming just after we're finding out that there's now Iranian military personnel on the ground inside of Crimea assisting Russian pilots in working these drones. Now, the White House specifically said that they were on the ground inside of Crimea during the time of the drones being used in Kiev this past Monday. So technically, and this is coming directly from Kirby himself at, at the White House, they have stated this publicly that Iran is now directly engaged on the ground inside of Ukraine, not I, uh, not Iranian, like, you know, how we have Americans randomly going over there and fighting inside of the, the like Iranian officially, like people that are from Iran, like workers are on the ground. He went on to state that the, the reason why they sent these these men, these Iranians to to Crimea to assist the Russians to actually utilize these drones to give them the better chance of having a lethality, like because they've had such such failures. Now, the United States is also concerned that there is a potential of advanced missiles transfers taking place between the two countries, but Kirby stated that this isn't going to change the course of the war one bit, so they're not even concerned. So, does this mean that Iran is now joining inside of the war inside of Ukraine? I do 100% agree uh, with the statements from the White House about the fact that the course of the war will not change within the coming and with them coming and supplying and, and, and this kind of stuff. These drones are helping on the ground. I don't think it's going to do anything. I, I think it's, well, I, I, don't, I just don't think the Iranians have the power to change the course of the war. I really don't. Now, I don't think we'll ever see the physical boots on the ground 
type thing, like fighting inside of Ukraine by the the Iranians. If that happens, I'd be my mind would be blown all over the side of the wall. But this action should be looked at as the same as if they were fighting, and they're currently fighting inside of Ukraine alongside the Russians. I do feel like a broken record here, but we have said this, and we've been covering the war since the very start of it here this year, that is, uh, that the path that we are heading down, we're on, is the same one I've I've said over and over again I've seen since the Russians started losing, and they're needing to find other ways to win. World War III is a real thing. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here because that's, it's just crazy. But when you lay it all out, you stand back and look at it. What is, what is Russia currently doing? Like, what have I shared with you guys in the last couple of minutes or so with you? They're seeking and actually getting arms to supply their needs in a war from the North Koreans. They've been getting drones from the Iranians that have now put actual Iranians on the ground to facilitate in the war effort. They're closely tied to the Chinese to get these arms from as well. How could you not see the writing on the wall when the things escalate over time? Like in terms of World War III, maybe it's not the same as it was 80, 80 years ago when World War II was literally a bunch of wars, or excuse me, a bunch of countries fighting in a massive war. But what, what, what times have changed and tenses building between so many multiple countries and they're actively seeking to be a part of this ongoing war? Like, I'm just throwing it out there. Как, в принципе, изменится мировой рынок, спросим у эксперта в нашей студии Руслан Пухов, директор Центра анализа стратегий и технологий, член общественного совета. And I couldn't forget to throw in that little nugget that was captured on a hot mic as well with the Russian defense minister's uh, public council had to remind the host not to speak about the fact that the drones were being used inside of Ukraine that were Iranian-made because they don't want to be publicly involved. Do you guys know what the fastest growing crime in America is? It's identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. I myself, I have been a part of this crowd. Yes, I have been a part. I was stuck on the Malaysian Airlines website. When that, you guys remember when that airplane went down? I was stuck on that thing for almost 24 hours. I had so many Malaysian reporters reaching out to me. Yeah, you don't want this kind of thing happening. I've had my YouTube channel hacked. And that's why today's sponsor is Aura. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, and password management, and antivirus software all combined into one. Easy to use app. You might have one of these services already, but if you don't have all the tools, it is like locking the front door but leaving the back door wide open. Imagine trying to log in your email account one day only to see the password has changed hours ago. That happened to me. 100% that happened to me actually twice. Matter of fact, here on YouTube about seven years ago, I had my channel hacked, my emails hacked, everything changed. All I saw was a bunch of notifications come through, change, 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 password change. Oh my God, my heart sank. I knew it was coming. And you know what? That's exactly what you need this for. They're going to get into your bank account, your credit cards, your crypto accounts, etc. Everything. Aura monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, social security numbers, and sense alerts fast. Right to your phone and email. Look at this. These are just my alerts right now on Aura. We found your email address on the dark web. Robert's iPhone device has been attached. Well, that's probably a good thing. We found one of your passwords on the dark web. We found one of your passwords on the dark web. I'm telling you guys, you need to go do this. It's super easy. It, I, I, it just go download it. Or it gives you near real-time alerts on suspicious credit inquiries, like if someone was going to actually open up a loan or a credit card in your name. Here recently, I purchased a new vehicle. Guess what? Bing popped up on my phone. Aura sent me an alert. Was this you? Yes, it was me. That was me. Aura's VPN allows you to stay anonymous as well. Online while keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. And their antivirus software will 
like literally block all malware and viruses before they infect your device. So protect your family, you and your family and yourself from identity theft at Aura.com forward slash speak the truth. And if you guys sign up right now, Aura will give you a two-week free trial with my link so you guys can see for yourself how many times Aura finds you and your family's personal information on the dark web. That is right. Go to Aura.com. That is A-U-R-A.com forward slash speak the truth. It'll be linked to the very top of the description for everybody over there on YouTube. Go check them out. You need to do it. It's very imperative. Keep you and your family safe. Hey, people are looking out. Or is on your side. Go check them out. The link at the very top of the description. We're starting to see this at the same time, which we are being blamed for planting nukes inside of Ukraine as the Russians are retreating from an area that, well, they're about to retreat from an area. At least it hasn't happened yet. We're going to talk about this here later on in the episode. We're going to discuss the, what's going on inside of Kyrgyzstan, but I needed to share what is going on to be shown or what is being shown right now and what the claims are currently being made prior to the Russian departure, which I hope to God isn't something they're actually okay with doing when it comes to this nuke. That doesn't seem right. We've also uh, said it multiple times here on this channel that the only way I see Putin actually utilizing a nuke is if his back is in a corner as he's losing a fight. I think the Ukrainian military is going to be taking back Kyrgyzstan by the end of the winter, uh, the end of the winter months, that is. And honestly, because I guess the winter months can span all the way through March. I'm going to say by the end of the winter. Uh, going into spring, I think they'll have it back. And honestly, I think it could actually happen before Christmas if the right things play out in favor for the Ukrainian military. I really do. Before Christmas time, I really do think it's a, a feasible goal for the Ukrainians to take back Kyrgyzstan. I do. There's panic ensuing, and the Russians are setting the stage to blame America for setting off a nuke to get involved inside of the war. And which, by the way, if you have half a brain and thought to yourself, why, you, you would realize by now that it doesn't, that doesn't make much sense, like whatsoever. Why in the world would America need to physically get involved in the ground or on the ground inside of Ukraine when the Ukrainian military is doing just fine on their own in regards to, to handling the Russians? Like if they're being pushed out of the Kyrgyzstan area and they're losing ground, why would they Why would they need anybody else? Like Why would they need us to come in and do anything for them? We don't need to. Like as, and, and as I was going to, uh, as I was going on and prepping, for this video, I ran across a clip that was inside of another piece. I didn't end up using the entire piece, but it's it's not broken up. It's just, it was part of another clip. It doesn't really matter, but I was going to share it. But it ties in directly what we're discussing right now. And a few minutes ago, with regards to Iran joining the war inside of Ukraine, because it is a real thing and has economics attached to it as well. Them joining in the war alongside of Ukraine isn't just about fighting against the West and being able to get against Israel involved or whatever, who knows, the reasoning. Well, because they hate, they hate the West, they hate Israel. Mostly it has to do with re religious reasons, uh, for the most part. But they're going to be receiving $40 billion worth of investment from the Russians for the oil and gas sector. That's huge. That's huge. So now you have the ideas or, ideologically, or I ideological, like aspect of it when it does to religion then now you're acting a 40 billion dollar like it's it's kind of nuts like they knew they would be sanctioned by the world like I, they, they knew they're clearly gonna be happening even more so than what they thought i guess that they're gonna be isolated just like russia and north korea but i've said this before these countries do not care one bit and they they seem to feed off the fact that the entire world is against them and for anyone who thinks that the Russians aren't capable of amping up these recent strikes on civilian populations and isn't willing to do so, I, I just want you to take the time to watch this clip just to give you an understanding what, the, what these kind of people are clearly dealing with now. 
Отсутствие электроэнергии – это отсутствие воды, отсутствие холодильников элементарных, отсутствие канализации. И город Киев через неделю после отсутствия электричества заплывет гремя, извиняюсь за выражение. Now, this is not the type of talk you should be hearing from a human being in regards on how to treat innocent civilians who are caught between two countries fighting in a war. This is the same strategy we saw down inside of Syria in regards to instilling fear on the civilian population, destroying all the infrastructure uh, for the population to bring it to its needs. Like, the, the problem they're going to have Like with regards to Ukraine, by carrying out these type of attacks, is they're going to have to be hitting. A, they're going to be hitting a beehive, in a sense. They're going to they're going to make it seem. They're going to make the entire population of Ukraine get furious and want to fight against the people who have done harm to their family. Like not to mention the fact they'll be having to deal with even more issues from the West supplying them with better munitions to counter what is happening. And just like one of those hosts said, this isn't a war against civilians. And his face was like, "What are you, what are you talking about? You're one of the main ones we see all the time." He's like, what are you talking about? This is, we're not fighting it. But of course you have that, that like, okay, we got to take out every single, I could see it from both sides of things. Like if you take out all the power, like what, what, what can people do? But if you take out all the power, then you're, I don't know. Anyway, now this is going to be a bit different episode in regards to mapping because there really just isn't a lot of stuff going on inside of one area. And it seems to be uh, the change in the coming weeks and days from what I could see, it's going to be down inside of Kyrgyzstan. Like I do, of course, I uh, believe the offensive that's happening inside of the outskirts of Sivitov, it's going to be gaining some progress. But currently, there's just like massive artillery duels taking place inside of Kremina and outside of Sivitov right now. And I told you guys, the Russians were digging along on that main MSR, uh, and the engineers were actually utilizing that main MSR that's in between Sivitov and Kremina very well. They're dug in very well. Now, Kirsten is going to be the area we're going to be talking about, uh, though, here for a minute, because... What was playing out down there, or what is being laid out for myself and for the rest of the world, especially the Russian populations, is very telling. Oh, and, and, and by the way, the, the crazy stat here, by the way, there's 9% of you guys, I think it's 9%, of you guys that are watching every single one of the video are, in fact, Russian, and you're from Russia. How you guys doing? Just want to throw it out there. So, hello, if you're sitting there in Russia and right now enjoying your daily dose of the truth. Now, the only reason why they had to re rebuild Mariu Mariupol is because the Russians were absolutely smashing it with artillery as they were entering the city. And I can't be the only person on the planet Earth that can remember five to six months ago when they're literally running like bomb run like bombing runs on the center of the city to try to get the last Ukrainian defenders out from inside of it. They bombed a theater, I believe it was a theater, I'm pretty sure they clearly had children written on the outside of it so they could see it from a drone. But I want you to remember what he just said right there, that one little clip about the Ukrainians targeting this route that is on the dam, okay, to take out their logistics because this is something we are going to discuss here in a minute, and you need to remember this piece right here because it's very important. Группировки на том берегу, на левом берегу Днепра очень осложнено, оно, конечно, выполняется и через понтонные переправы, и через... So, sorry, that was a bit of a long piece, okay, a bit of a long piece, but I, I couldn't find a place to take a quick pause because he clearly doesn't want anybody to go on for Russian TV and start talking because they are going to hammer him with questions. He's admitting that they're going to be losing Kyrgyzstan. They're losing Kyrgyzstan right now, and I know the Ukrainians are really prepped for a massive offensive down there, like massive, but the thing I thought about here and thing I saw that, that was actually kind of funny is that he had to mention to make sure that it's very known that these troops are trained by the West. Like, they're superior from better fighters due to this. This is one of those moments where you, 
one of you, 9% of you Russians, should probably sit back and ask yourself, as a Russian, hey, hey, just want to throw it out there. If we can't beat the men who are trained by the West, then how do we beat the men who are training the men that we're fighting? В российской специальной военной операции наступил кризис. Да, так бывает. Во время войны наступают кризисы. Now, I couldn't have laid this bit out any better than this. I had no idea she was even going to bring up the fact that, that, that they're at war with NATO uh, when, she, when she's going to be speaking. I, I had no idea, which isn't true. We all know this. The Russians can't be that stupid, honestly. They cannot. You cannot be that stupid. I know there's like 9% of you guys. Well, you cannot be that stupid. You cannot honestly believe that you're at war right now with NATO directly. If they do believe this, I feel really sorry for them because they're fighting against the Ukrainian military who is using Western weaponry on the ground. There's not a single NATO troop on the ground inside of Ukraine. Them not being able to comprehend the fact that they aren't fighting against an actual world superpower right now is baffling to me. Ukrainian men and women are great fighters. Don't get me wrong. I'm very proud. And the things they've done inside of uh, like Ukraine is tremendous. Tremendous. Like a person, I'm very proud of them for what they've done. They stood by and they've done a phenomenal job. Entire world should be. Now, they aren't an American military. They just aren't. And they are not a world superpower. Like, just, I just, we just got to, like, they're doing a phenomenal job. Like, they are. 100% hands down, they're beating the absolute snot out of the Russians. But they're not America. I mean, like, like, two different things. They're backed by America. But if America came in and actually fought inside of Ukraine on the Ukrainian side against the Russians, this thing would be done in two weeks. Like, like I don't even think it would be two weeks. Hands down, no, no joke. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we get in the new, I, hand 100%, it would be two weeks. It'd be done. It really would be. I just don't. I just don't believe it lasts longer than two weeks. We would roll through them so fast, like ungodly fast. Um, both sides are currently blaming each other, by the way, for rigging the dam up in Nova Kokosha. I, of course, have some thoughts on this. It's gonna be my opinion, of course, but I'm gonna show you guys something that I found very interesting. So this graphic that you're currently seeing, it's being overlaid, is something that will give you guys an idea of what exactly would happen if the dam was to somehow blow, and all the water would actually be uh, released going down towards Crimea. For one. It would be next to impossible for the Crimea, or excuse me, for Crimea to have running water, which is a disaster in itself for the civilians living down there. We have been, uh, we have seen many bridges and a few dams blown during the war as the Russians have retreated. If you remember back to what I've said inside this video, remember the Ukrainians were targeting this dam to destroy the route the Russians were using to get supplies in, and it worked. Remember, he said that. He said it himself. Now, the Ukrainians didn't target the dam itself, nor did they ever hit the dam with anything they, they anything big. They never hit the dam. With only like a piece of an area of this dam that wasn't attached was impacting, it wasn't impacting the strength of the dam. It was just like a road, okay? A bridge, I guess you would say. An elevated road. You wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a bridge, okay? They hit it with precision munitions. So why would the Ukrainians want to blow the dam? That wouldn't make any sense. Because that would cripple their ability to continue their counteroffensive past Kyrgyzstan, correct? Like, if you look at the image that's currently being overlaid again, I mean, how could they cross this portion of the river? Blowing out the dam would do nothing but give the Russians the ability to create a natural barrier between themselves and the Ukrainian military and force them to find a different route to take back uh, to get Crimea, okay, or in the southern portion of Ukraine. Like, if they didn't want the dam to be destroyed, they wouldn't trample the Russians on the western side of the river, they would have done that. Like, if they wanted to do that, they would have destroyed the dam, trapped them all inside of Kyrgyzstan, and they would have been it. And then they would have relentlessly just smashed the dam with artillery. But they didn't do that. So them destroying the dam makes little to no sense, in my opinion, of course. Like, you know what? Let's actually take a listen of an intercepted phone call that is coming out of the Kyrgyzstan area, just so you guys have an understanding of how the Russians really feel about the current situations taking place. 
Ну вот у нас первую третью роту уже разъехали. Вот мы вот четыре танка остались, вторая рота. И так пехоты, наверное, человек сто где-то вот так вот осталось. Все. So this area is actually down inside of Kirsten. It's all but lost for the Russians as of right now, and I don't really see how or why they would want to continue to defend it and lose more and more men in the process. The morale of these men is so low. They don't want to die clearly. No one wants to die. And the Russians officials have admitted they have actually lost Kirsten, or almost lost Kirsten, and somehow are outnumbered four to one, which is tough for me to believe, honestly, because I think they just are incapable of dealing with Western equipment, and they think they're outnumbered. Like, don't they have like a million-man army? Why are they worried? Like, there's no way they're being outnumbered. Now, you're probably wondering where the maps are right now. And I've, and I've seen there's somewhat of a blackout of information being called for right now. So we're clearly going to respect it and leave it be for now. I do know down inside of Kirsten, they have, have taken out 13 suicide drones alone in the last 24 hours in Mikulayev. Uh They've also taken out a Russian Ka-52 helicopter. Uh, the Ukrainian forces have also struck the recently completed um, pontoon-type bridge. Uh, and the Intovsky Bridge as well that crosses that same river. Uh, this is the ones that the Russians have been using to extract their men. They were hit with six HIMARS rockets. So that's what's going on. There's your bit for the day. I hope you guys enjoy it. I will catch you guys either tomorrow or the following day. I do love you guys. I am out. Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash first year 15 for promotional details.